Fake news. Mr. President. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Mr. President. I just want to have one thing to say. Mr. President, I'm trying to get a word edgewise here. Fake news put out Mr. President, it's not. It's not fake news just because you don't like it. A few days ago, fake news Enough! Each and every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network brings you the real news with the poor of poor, with the late breaking news that really matters. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. Hello. You sound great. We have beverages. Oh, sorry. I think everybody's ready. I got my beverage. You're having a white Russian delivered to the stage? Yeah. Service with a smile. You better believe it, baby. That's awesome. I abide. The dude abides. (laughs) He does as well. It's wonderful. That was a great reference. Podcast for you guys. Are you guys ready? We're ready to go, They man. were clowning over there. Had to, had to Ooh, we're ready to make this a big dick day. Okay. Oh, I see what you did there. Slide your own this slogan onto my show. That one singular fly, one he's nap, the worst. Man. It it's has the worst. been. I've been watching. It's been great. All right, LaviCon. Well, welcome back. We are officially here with John Tyler. Christopher, how's it going, man? It's well, man. Things are well. Things are well. That's good to hear. I haven't talked to you in over a year. Yeah, man. It's been a while. You've been crazy busy. A little bit, yeah. I feel like every time I check the internets, which is daily, by the way, I don't know if you're aware of that, I always see something new that you're doing. Like, there's another new cover coming. There's another new cover you're hyping. There's another new thing you're involved in. Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've been really blessed. Marvel has done, has been, like, really good to me. And uh, I've, I have not had a day off in about 10 years. Um, we were just talking about that, actually. Yeah, you know, we'll see where things go, but... Uh, as, as a freelance artist, I can never complain about being too busy. Yeah, that's the best thing you want to be is busy. Yeah. You're, you wouldn't be an artist if you were not busy. Hopefully not a starving artist. That's, <laughs> that's a theme on this stage today, folks. <laughs> yeah. <That's been> a... <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I did that long enough, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very content with keeping busy and, um, you know, between the Star Wars covers, Marvel covers, uh, I'm still doing the Legends line for Hasbro, which has been just so amazing. Uh, there's just a lot going on. That I'm you, really you had about. an apprentice briefly. Why, yes, the, that, my Padawan. That's crazy. Cameron Cotterman, the yeah. the best anyone could ask for. He was actually what opened the the like panels today. So it's cool to open with him and close with you. Wow. Like, yeah, right. That's, that's like, deep. It is symbolic. <laughs> that's, Not really. That's really heavy. <laughs> so we were talking before we started doing this and you kind of had a million things you want to talk about and no real refined like decision on what we're going to do i know tyler has questions galore because he i, I like you <laughs> i like you too buddy and, I, and I, I, this is the first time we've met and I, I i just had to start with that you know i like your beard thank you i didn't shave today in hopes that i could have an awesome beard and like i feel it here like, we have a connection. This is There's great. There's lightning bolts going back and forth from our beards right now. No, we're, it's just static bros. electricity. You look dumb, and we look awesome. <laughs> I don't want to know where The I'm only going. difference between the two of us is you have no hair on your chin, and we have all the hair on our chin. <clears throat> I normally have hair on my chin. 
I, I dig what you're doing with the, with the hat and everything. It's like a whole ensemble. Like it's America. I, this has been months in preparation. Like I've been <laughs> I've been growing out my mustache just for this. The thing about Blaine is, in anything that he does, he only ever puts forth no more than thirty <laughs> percent. So. It's my thing. That's his thing. That's, that's a minimal effort just, stash. It, like, it's amazing that he's even got pants on right now because oh. that means that he went above 30%. I can take him off. No, please. <laughs> not. I mean, this, uh, not this kind of this vibe. You're getting really a preview weird, right really here of what's below. This is what these guys like to celebrate as their heritage. Oh, there we go. Right on. Yeah. Okay. That's, so, this is the, I picked Star the Wars heritage and cosplay. He picked inbreeding. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, uh, I don't know really where to even begin. You are obviously an amazing artist. I don't have you. to sit here and like hype your work. Oh. You have a huge following. People love thank what you. you're doing. You've been doing the action figure line for the Star Wars books since they relaunched in 2015. Is that right? Yeah, we started uh, with uh, Farm Boy Luke for issue number one. And since then, every, every issue has had an action figure cover. Are you going to do the ant... Uh, the Uncle uh, Owen Uncle and Aunt Un- Yeah, Uncle Owen and the, the charred version. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll have to see. They won't uh, let that happen. Well, you know, it's it, it's weird because when we started, there was a, there was a big call to like, you know, how accurate are we going to keep these to the original Kenner line? And as we continue to develop it, like they've like Lucasfilm is like Lucasfilm and Marvel are so cool to work with, and I think they both get what the people like about what we're doing which is because you know it started and again we were very like stringent about like what's well, got to look like this and it's got to be just like the original Kenner line and then as it's evolved you know they're like well could you do maybe some characters that only exist in the comics what if we do some Phantom Menace characters and in doing that we've really kind of opened up to whatever people think is cool to do so it's been like kind of a free for all so sometimes you just throw ideas out like, let's fucking do this character. Let's go with the blue snaggletooth this time. Hell did yeah. Did you do blue snag? I did. That was actually an exclusive of mine. Did um, you also do red, though? Yes, we did okay, red a did long a... time ago. Okay. And like, well, there was a great example. So when we first started, um, when I sold the Boba Fett for the first time on my website, like one of the first ones I asked after that, I was like, okay, can I do all the bounty hunters? And they're like, eh, probably can't do all the bounty hunters, but we can maybe work something out. And the next one was like blue snag. And they're like, eh, we're not really sure about that at this point. But as, as, as it's evolved, I think the response we've received have been, has been so positive that they're just like, yeah, man, do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Have you had anybody like send you a picture of the complete collection of your line? I, I, I'm not even sure. Do you have a complete collection of your line? I do not have an entire collection. Um, my comps are kind of here and there throughout it. I have had some people. Um, Getting a picture where somebody's entire wall is nothing but your artwork, like literally it's just issues side by side, is the most like surreal, but wow, I am so flattered kind of moment. It really is just unbelievable. Absolutely. You guys? You guys are looking at me so intently, so I didn't know if you had a question or trying to interject. You you pretty much answered. The question I was going to ask was... How basically how do you how do you choose who you're going to do next? But well, with the, with the original, okay, so with the ones that Marvel is releasing, there we have basically kind of come on a a list that we're just going through. Mm-hmm. However, we try and be cognizant of 
certain particular characters. Like, there is one, to me, we started with farm boy Luke Skywalker. I think there's a pretty intelligent answer as to who the last character should be. Like, when we're ready to close the doors, who, is the, who do we end with? Um, there's other things like, oh man, this whole arc is going to take place on Hoth. Well, maybe we should do Hoth figures. So we, don't, we do jump around a bit, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really kind of just following the list, whatever we feel. It's so weird because right before, before I started working with Marvel and you always hear these stories of like, oh my gosh, they're like this, and especially after they got bought out by Disney, there's this like, oh man, it's going to be like pulling teeth to get in. It is the most lax, cool, like, I'd like to do this. And they're like, yeah, it's cool. It'd work. Um, <laughs> sure, that is something we can agree upon. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a conversation with, uh, with somebody at Lucasfilm at one point, and they're like, why haven't you ever done this guy? And I was like, I'd like to, but blank. And he's just like, yeah, you should totally do that guy. Hey, let him do that guy. And I was like, okay, that was easy. Right. You know, like... <laughs> well, part of the part of the reason I was going to ask is because there's so many so many awesome characters that w- were only ever realized either in comic uh, comic runs or video games like Nim. Nim's such a cool character. I mean, if you if you walk up to just the Joe Schmo average Star Wars fan, they have no idea who Nim even is. You know. Well, there's so there's this weird thing. I I, w- I, I should say that I think that one of the the lines that is drawn is canon, right? Like, so would it be awesome to do certain things from Expanded Universe or from, you know, Knights of the Old Republic? I'm as big of a nerd on those things as anyone else is. But there, there is a point where, like, is Jackson canon? For a while, he wasn't, yeah. but he kind of is now. Should we do a Jackson? And those are the kind of interesting debates we almost get into when it comes to just not just the original line or like the normal line but then like when I do exclusives of like oh I'd like to do so and so and you never know where that's going to land mm-hmm. like you know I would love to do a Darth Revan and I know I'm, I'm pretty certain Show that if leg. Yeah. you can't tell me if I did an, a Revan exclusive on my site it'd sell like hotcakes right. the question is is where is he canonically speaking and where is yeah. he in relation to maybe they've got certain things in the works that I'm not privy to. Hey, we'd like to hold on to that for when we decide to do the KOTOR comic release or what, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I propose things. They tell me no. <laughs> I respect where I'm at in the pecking order to be like, you know, they probably have a good reason for that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of, almost all things Star Wars. Uh, I'm down with anything. Like, I enjoy doing it. One of the biggies that's been, like, really weird for me has just been, when you look at the original Kenner line, right? Like, I enjoy doing, like, certain characters. Like, like Jin Ursa was awesome to do. And I'd like to do a Rey, because you do start to realize, wow, Leia was, like, the only girl in the entire Kenner line. <laughs> I'd like to draw a girl action figure. I have two daughters. That'd be pretty rad, you know? Right. And, and it's it's things like that and the expanded universe and some of the, like, ancillary materials is so much more broad. As an artist, right? As an artist, uh, one of the things I've been doing a lot lately is the Jabba's Palace. And, like, I'm nerding out on that because it's not... 
dude in gray suit with a hat on. Dude right. with gray suit and gloves on. Um, you know, I'm going to be drawn like Squid Face soon. I'm going to be drawn Gamorrean guards. Like, that's different shapes and sizes and doing the Ewoks. Like, is Ula on there? Are you going to draw Ula? She's a female in the, in the universe. She I was mean, not part of the original line, but that's somebody they might consider adding. Ooh. Like, And that's where I say like, there's been certain elements of freedom and flexibility that has come up. Like, I'm hoping that that's the kind of... Because I would love to explore yes, those things. Um, being able to do the prequel materials. You know, like, I think it'd be dope. Uh, my wife is, is a studied fashion design in college, and she's like really big into like fashion illustration. And all of Amidala's costuming from the Amazing. Phantom Menace was so cool. And, like, the opportunity to draw, like, the Queen Amidala costume would be super rad. So, I guess the reality is, like, I'm open to anything. Like, there are no rules. I just want to have fun um, doing it. So, Hell yeah. Well, I think you do a good job of having fun because it's, it's obvious that you enjoy your work or you wouldn't be pouring so many hours into it. Like you said, you haven't had a vacation in 10 years. You're not really sure if that word exists. Even when you scheduled a vacation for yourself, you kind of ended up skipping out on it, it seems. So there's too much work. There's just too much work to be done. Uh, I got to ask, since the last time we sat down with you, not one, but two Star Wars movies dropped. Yes. Both are controversial. Uh-huh. But I want your take. Okay. Last Jedi, Solo, what do you think about these flicks? Well, okay. And I'll, I'll just shoot straight with you on it. Sure. Um, so, I liked The Last Jedi. Same. I understand why people had a problem with it. I appreciate that, yeah. No, well, I mean, like, okay. The Last Jedi, it's such an interesting thing, right? Because The Last Jedi, if, if you watch it on a constructive standpoint, it's a well-crafted film. Absolutely. And the answers to the questions that were proposed over the past 40 years, they were answered in in an intelligently produced way. However, were those the answers you wanted? Not always. And that's, I think, what some of the fan base had to struggle with. And, and, And I can respect that. You know, like, Luke... If you follow the, if you look at Luke Skywalker from that vantage point, the way he went out worked. Myself being a child of, you know, like Return of the Jedi being the first movie I ever saw in a theater, man, I wanted to see, I wanted to see Luke take out Adats with, you know, a lightsaber and go out like a soja and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't get that. And I can understand why for people, a lot of people, they can look at that and be like, man, that, that ain't cool. Do you think do you think we would be having the same conversation if J.J. Abrams would have directed all three movies? Well, I don't think The Last Jedi would have been made in the way that it was. Um, and and he, so, okay. Well, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but the reason I ask that is because we saw The Last Jedi together, all three of us. Um, when we left the theater, you know, we went until two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, reviewing the movie, discussing, breaking it down. And one of the things that I said that I was worried about is that no matter what, no matter what uh, the total fan reception of this film is, it's going to be blackballed because I saw the movie, I didn't like it. He hasn't seen the movie yet. I go to him and say, this movie's terrible. It's the worst Star Wars film ever. They ruined everything. 
and he is so wrapped up in what I'm saying that he doesn't even go see the movie, but then he starts spreading everything that I've said. And I think that's ultimately what has painted The Last Jedi in such a bad light for the majority of the fan base. And I don't know if J.J. Abrams would have directed all three films. I don't know if that, it, that it would have been any different. And, and, and that's something we'll never know. But my thing is, is that The Last Jedi is a byproduct of the current times we live in. In that, okay, in The Empire Strikes Back, we were, we were told there's this dude named the Emperor. Mm-hmm. We didn't know where he was from. It wasn't important. To the story, it wasn't important. We live in a world now where, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody. Like, I am that nerd who is like, who is Snoke? Oh, Snoke's got to be this guy. Maybe he's Darth Plagueis. Maybe he's da da But the reality is, it doesn't matter who Snoke is. He's the emperor. From a narrative standpoint. Mm-hmm. However, every time I visit YouTube, because I watch those kind of videos, I'm inundated with 700. Well, Snoke obviously has to. Did you hear? The, there's, there's literally two beats in his music theme, so he's obviously a reincarnation of the Emperor, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Which, so it's, it's, it's the overhyped culture. Like, we were conditioned to who is Snoke? Who are Rey's parents? Well, he's, she's, she's a Skywalker. She's a Kenobi. She's a blah, blah. Personally, I think the fact that she is a nobody is a cooler answer than if she was a Skywalker or a Kenobi. And I agree with that, too, because in my opinion, excuse me, regardless of how anybody feels about Luke Luke and Leia's ends um, in The Last Jedi or further, the Skywalker story is something that should have ended with The Last Jedi and been done. You know, we don't... That story has been told. We don't need any more Skywalker. Rey is supposed to be this new character... Let's be invested in her and, and Finn and Poe. Let's be invested in this new generation of characters and move forward. Well, for, you know? for me, it's so funny because, like, okay, what was one of the biggest complaints about the prequels? Midichlorians. Oh, man, when I was a kid, it was, you can be a Jedi. You could be a Jedi. Like, we all sat there at our parents' tables, right? And we're, like, trying to move the spoon with our right. minds. And they're like, nope, you don't have a high enough midichlorian count. You're screwed. Cool. Okay. And now that's almost become this, even though people complained about it, it's become this accepted philosophy. And therefore, like, this family lineage has got a stronger force connection, yada, yada, yada. With Rey, I love the idea. And, like, one of the major points of The Last Jedi that, again, I enjoyed was it, it was all built up to pay off that one scene with the kid. And it's like, no, 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 there is hope because even if Rey dies, the force will be- bring balance to the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that the the hype versus the hope was such a unique thing with The Last Jedi because, again, we didn't need to know who Snoke was. But again, we've been waiting 40 years to see Luke Skywalker and how is he going to go out. Right. And again, I, it was an interesting take on the... On the and it, it, was a, it was a right answer, but it wasn't the answer I would have picked. Like, you know... And it's, it's so frustrating because also, like, everything's hindsight is twenty twenty. in that, like, how awesome would it have been instead of Luke going out there, Leia went out there and she pulled out a flipping lightsaber. Right. And she went toe-to-toe and got, like, and she somehow died because of that. And that's how you re- wrote her off. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been this wonderful, beautiful, like, oh, my gosh. Like, because we've been waiting for that payoff. And I, I'm not 
necessarily certain that that wasn't supposed to happen in episode nine. We'll never know. Well, and that's one of the thing that one of the things that's bothered me about the fan base as a whole because people are so up in arms about the scene where Leia force pulls herself out of space. Come on, you knew you know, she had it. We've we've been talking about this since Empire Strikes Back. Right. If you were a fan of the series, you knew that. You know that. And you can spend five minutes on the internet and know that Leia is semi-Force-sensitive, and the only reason she doesn't do more is because, number one, we're not going to dedicate the screen time to it right. because Luke is the focus. Um, but number two, I mean, we don't need to. Did people have a problem with the fact that she used the Force, or was it how she used the Force? It was I, th- the, I think was it's a Mary little Poppins bit of both. Thing. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, that was a weird visualization. Um, I mean... It is what it is. Had she flown like Superman back in, do you think people would be like, hey, that's cool? Or had she pulled the ship to her instead of her actually moving? There you go. I don't think it really would have made a difference. She could have landed in the Iron Man pose with his fist at Adi Granov, like, ground pound. I think just dropped Adi Granov's name in the middle of this conversation. I'm probably the only person that picked up on it. (laughs) I think think the fan base as a whole would have complained about it no matter what. Um, As far as the Luke thing goes... The only thing I have to say about it is if we wouldn't have seen the twin sons right before he disappeared, then I would have complained Spoiler about it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I then, I would, then I Who would have complained seen about it? it. But that was so well done, and it, it, it's such an homage to the original film when he's standing on that berm looking at him. And, and uh, you know, uh, the clone, or, uh, Attack of the Clones when Anakin is also doing the same thing. It, it's It's just it's right for me totally no i mean again i'm okay with how that all went down mm-hmm. and it, okay so it's such a weird thing and I, I i don't know if i'm unique in this situation or how i feel about things i because it's the toxicity of stuff right like i am so sick and tired of there are people that have complaints about the last jedi that are completely viable there are people that have that are pro last jedi completely viable i don't think there's as many like haters quote unquote or defenders that are as fans have a right to have their opinion right totally like dude if you don't like the last jedi and you are a fan you have every right and i, I don't like it when people are like well it's not you know you don't own the movie blah, blah, blah. and it's like yeah but they are the fans and star wars is different like let's be honest like there is no prop. My, my, my daughters have the like, well, what's bigger, Star Wars? And it's like, it's Star Wars. It's bigger than Harry Potter. It's bigger than Disney. Like, it's, there's nothing bigger than Star Wars. Especially if you go in. That's, Star Wars is bigger by itself, but then if you bring in the expanded universe and all the everything that's been done over the last 45, years. The subculture years, of Star Wars. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just there is nothing that is as encompassing as Star Wars. Right. But with that said, it's like I'm sitting in the middle of all this. I'd like to be balanced in my views of the Force. You know, it's one of those deals where the fans have a right to be upset. The fans do not have a right to flip out over stuff and attack and assault people and fight them on the Internet. Like, it's, it's the polarization of everything in the world, right? And it's so frustrating to me because I'm sitting here being like, like, again, I'm like, you have every right to be upset by that. Like, I, I, I feel you, man. But then, like, I see the stuff online, and I'm like, you don't have a right to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have a right to attack. Um, here's a good question for you guys. Sure. Rose. 
Dude, what is she, the what is the hatred over Rose? I don't I get don't, it. I don't get it. I, she I don't got uh, Kelly Tran. I can never remember. Kelly Marie Tran, I think is her name. Yes. I, th- I think she that's right. Had to remove all of her social media accounts because people were just like bashing her nonstop. I was I was told by people they're like like she is literally in the same vein as Jar Jar as far as despised characters and and, and I don't get it yeah I don't, I don't, I don't get that at all she didn't I don't see it do anything well to, to she, warrant that she she had a she had a character arc she was introduced she was ostensibly a fangirl right like that was like the point of the character she's like oh man it's Finn you're so cool blah 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 she has an arc she grows by the end of the story she is in a different place with a better understanding like. When she, that's just a she, good. That's just a character. That's yeah, literally character Finn's development. Character arc also, right? Because otherwise, you would have had to find another way to push Finn's character arc forward, other than Ray. You throw Rose in, and then Rose propels that forward. That's what happened to Lando. Mm-hmm. And he it starts out somewhere. He ends in a different. Like that is just so. Like I, I'm curious, but it's like one of those things I don't necessarily want to open it up to social media because. At the end of the day, I don't want the people that are going to complain or the people that are going to defend because it turns into this like like Twitter is one of the dumbest forms of having a discussion because you're limited <laughs> in characters, right? So I don't know the best way because I, I don't want to hear the again both sides are right and they're, they're they're entitled to their opinion and I respect both of their opinions. I legitimately am curious without the oh she's an SJW okay that's stupid like she's not. Yeah. You know, oh, she's no, she's like the most important character in the entire trilogy. No, she's not. Like, let's just have a conversation. No, she's these. just a decent character, and I mean, her story is brilliantly done, considering the catalyst for the importance of her character is in her sister's death at the very beginning of the movie, and one right. of the most amazing scenes to open up a Star very Wars well flick. Done. I very mean, well done. the tension as that ship, that bomber, is slowly making its way to the center of that dreadnought is like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And she kicks the fucking ladder. Oh, and it's just like, oh, and then she misses the thing. And, and then you see her sister, and her sister's grieving when you first find her. But then as soon as she realizes that's Finn, like, oh, everything's cool, I'm great, you know? That shows that someone has the ability to put their own BS aside and, and look for the bigger goal, which they ultimately try to attain. Right. They don't succeed, and I think I said this when you guys and I re- reviewed this. The Last Jedi is a movie of failure. Everything Absolutely. is failing. That's the point, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, you you will not succeed. There will be failures in your way. There will be things that stop you, you know? Well, fa- failure is the only way that you grow. Exactly. Because if you succeed, succeed, ski, succeed, you don't ever change. You have to fail to change and grow. Well, as, as much as, you know, The Force Awakens was, in, I think, brilliantly executed as a, here's a reintroduction to Star Wars. You know, like, if you were, if you didn't like the prequels, here's our response. We're going to remake Star Wars for you. Right. And introduce it and set it up. And, and people complained about that, but also, like, I think, again, it's rightfully so. It's just a copy so. of A New Hope. Right. But when everyone walked out of that, they're like, it's a Star Wars movie. And I think that's all Disney wanted to get out of it. So then the last Jedi's response was like, okay, we've we've given you everything that you're comfortable with. Now let's let's break the cycle, right? Like, you know, George Lucas had the famous line of it's it's poetry, it rhymes. Well the last Jedi was literally like, okay, let's break the rhyme. Let's let's freestyle this for a second. Right. I cannot believe that Disney just let the last Jedi occur without a master plan. And I'm willing to see this out. And again, 
I'm cool with it, man. Like I. Well, Nick, Nick, Nick put it perfect this morning. He said, Disney could continue to crank out Star Wars movies the way that they have, you know, up to three movies a year with Marvel movies, and I'm gonna go see every one of them. Right. You know, and I'm I'm gonna accept the fact that they're Star Wars movies, and I'm invested in the universe, and I want to see this shit. You know, uh, people can say whatever they want about Solo. If you didn't enjoy Solo, tell me why. I'll listen. But that was a fun movie, and it does not deserve what it, the, what it's getting right now. Well, the lack of what it's getting, because it's not making thank you, the thank money, you. which is what's unfortunate. I, I loved Solo. Same. Um, I, I am the first person to have to admit that when I heard they were making a Solo, I was like, that's a terrible idea. And I had no interest in seeing it. Um, I'm like, there's no way you can replace Harrison Ford. All the, all the myriad of reasons that people had for not seeing Solo. Were and you also upset, like me, that we weren't getting a Boba Fett film first? No, I think the Boba Fett movie is... I'm scared to death of that movie. And I, can, I hope I'm proven wrong. I, I want you to tell me why you're terrified. Because what makes Boba Fett awesome is, is this that he's the dude in the shadow. Like, yeah, he's the mysterious one. Yeah, yeah I get like... It. Okay, so here's, here's, it's similar to Solo. My fear is, there's, just like Darth Vader, Star Wars we grew up with, and I think the toys have a large part in this, and I think we might have talked about this even the last time I was, I was on the show. There is no story you can tell me about the creation of Darth Vader that was as cool as what I had as a kid playing on my parents' yep. kitchen floor. There's nothing you can do with Boba Fett that is going to be as interesting as the stories I told myself as a kid. With action figures. Right. Absolutely. And I felt the same way. I felt Solo was as good of a movie as they could have made about a Han Solo. Absolutely. It, is, it, was, it was a space romp, and it was a well-made space romp. However, did it, was, it, was it necessary? I would rather... To me, Star Wars is such a fascinating brand and universe and it has been as large as the Star Wars universe is we have only focused on 1% of it you know I'm also a Star Trek nerd and Star Trek has expanded into the Klingon Empire What's about, what about the Gamma Quadrant in DS9 all of these different elements and it's, it's fleshed out this universe and in Star Wars we've only been focused on this small percentage and because, and, and I don't have access to any books or like numbers, but to me, I think we're only scratching the surface on what Star Wars is capable of. Absolutely. I think they're also a little scared to get out of their comfort zone because of the characters and the lineage, you know? And I think that they've kind of, there's, I would love to see them just be like, yeah, we're going to tell a story 2,000 years before A New Hope. And just look at Knights of the Old Republic, one of the most beloved IPs or like offshoots of Star Wars. And they just did a story that's how many, many years before, you know, the Old Republic, you know, like literally the Old Republic. Um, and it created all these new cool characters. And if, if the fact that Star Wars, the movies are important, but I think that there's more to Star Wars than just the movies, if that makes as, as a fan. like it, it has to come from different mediums. Comics, obviously, are important. Now that you're being able to tell st the stories with comics, it's cool. You get to see, like, uh, the final words that Admiral Akbar said before <laughs> the ship got blown up. It was like, it was a pleasure serving with you all. You know, which I was just hoping he would yell. It's, it's a, a trap, trap yeah. obviously, but that didn't work. Uh, 
But uh, and also, you know, video games is important. Mm-hmm. You, the, that's a new medium that people are great at telling stories. They need to have brilliantly done single player Star Wars games. And, and I think Star Wars is strong enough that if they were to go out and say, like, if, if your if your argument is on return on investment, which I respect, like, dude, at the end of the day, like, it's a business. Yep. I mean, you know, that's and what they're looking at. Money talks, but I would love. I, I think that there's an opportunity with the strength of the Star Wars brand. And I, you know, I don't know how much you read, you read online and you're like, Whoa, is it damaged now? Is it, you know, solo didn't do as well as, but did it do bad? What are the, the thing is we're, we're seeing box office receipts is solo going to do better on home video sales. How is is it streaming? How's it when Disney launches their streaming service? What's that? Like all of these questions. So to me, I'm like, man, I would love if they just like, if they were, if they went out and just started taking risks of, let's make new characters. And then we have new action figures. And then we have new, like, I don't, Boba Fett will never be as cool as Boba Fett is right now. Like, there's nothing they can do in that movie to make Boba Fett more cool or more likable as a character. I totally agree. Part of the reason I asked you that is because Boba Fett is my number one and my top five favorite characters of Star Wars ever. If I was going to do a top 20, 10 of those people would be bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, the bounty hunters were always the coolest characters in the series for me. You know, it was the only time that I didn't feel that way is when, remember that comic arc when Boba Fett just magically was a master with a lightsaber and fought Darth <laughs> Vader and, you know, stuff like that. It was like, okay, I finally, this is too much, you know. But he was so mysterious, and he was so cool, and, and Dengar, and uh, Bosk. Bosk, you know, Bosk is my man. Bosk is in my top five yeah. also. Um, did you know that Bosk's uh, actual uniform that he's wearing is from a Doctor Who serial? Yes, I did. Hell I yeah, did not did. know that. I did that yeah. research. But, man. you know, Forlom and Zuckus are really cool. IG-88 has always been really cool. Okay, here's, here's a quick one. You mentioned IG-88. Are you aware there's an expanded universe story where IG-88 downloaded himself into the Death Star before it was blown up, so technically IG-88 had embodied the entire Death Star and was no. going to go on a plan to destroy all, like, organic beings? Does that make IG-88 cooler? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, it does. Okay. Hell so yes, you, it does. I, I heard that, and I was like, that's kind of silly. And I, I, think, I still think it's cool. I think IG-88, like, and, and again, maybe I'm the wrong market on that, but I just, I look at Solo, and I enjoyed Solo, but is Han... I'm a long-term sustainable business model kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see the short-term benefit of more people are going to see a Han Solo movie than a new character movie, possibly. Respect. I, I get that. And right. that's, when you're looking at your bottom dollar, maybe that's the smart move for the time being. But as far as growing the brand and expanding it, you put a Star Wars movie out. People are going to see it. Mm-hmm. Let's plant seeds with this and introduce new characters and focus on new arcs and new things. What do we know about the Force? Like, we know of Jedi and Sith, and there's this whole interesting thing going on in the new trilogy of like, well, Kylo Ren is not really a Sith. Okay, well, there's new angles of the dark side. Let's explore that. Like, let's see. Or again, let's go back to the um, Knights of the Old Republic. The and, origins of the Sith. And... and see all of these. Like, There's an opportunity to, if you make a KOTOR movie, dude, people are going to go insane. Like, right. The hardcore are going to go see it. The hardcore, much like what Marvel did successfully at the initial starting point, how they launched their film franchises, was 
oh my gosh, they have Pepper Potts in this. Like, we went to see an Iron Man movie, but we knew the movie was legit because it had Pepper and Happy, Happy, and all of like the ancillary characters. And at the end, this Nick Fury, do you know who that is? He's going to start the Avengers. Oh my god! And then we told the people that had never heard of Iron Man before outside you have of Oslo. Go Warner. see this. And then that's how. So they they catered to the diehards and made a quality product that was then able to expand to more casual people. And I think Star Wars could follow the same model of we're going to do a KOTOR or we're going to create something that's, again, unique new characters, given an opportunity to grow, given an opportunity to ex- literally expand the universe. Very well said. If I was going to do a Boba Fett film, I would slightly focus the film on him, but the over-encompassing focus would be on the Bounty Hunters Guild as a whole, you know? It's Boba Fett versus Dengar and Bosk and IG-88 and all the other important characters in the series and what they're all doing against each other. Because just like uh, the movie franchise, what they're doing, the lives that they're living, is a business. Let's, Let's play this out and see what happens. And with the Bounty Hunters specifically, there's so much cool technology. They all have their ship. You've got the Slave 1. You've got the Hound's Tooth. You've got all these badass ships. And it's... I think what made a lot of fans want to go see Solo was, at first, was, man, we're going to see the Falcon. Pre-Han. Pre-Han, thank you. And then we saw the concept art and then, original, or, and then ultimately what the Falcon looked like in the film, and fans were like, that's not the Falcon. That's not what I want to see. But then there was fans like myself who... I want to go see why it turns into the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Right. You know, because in this image, it's not a hunk of junk. It's it's Beautiful. like a brand new yeah. Corvette. That thing is shiny. Right. Um, but, you know, I grew up reading the Expanded Universe, you know, the Yuuzhan Vong invasion and, and all the cool stuff when Han and Leia and Luke are in their... their uh, 40s late, 40s, thank you, yeah. 50s, when they're, when they're becoming old and... And Luke's training the new uh, generation of Jedi. And they killed Chewbacca. And they killed Chewbacca. He's and big man. You yeah. know, I had, when The Force Awakens was teased, I had extremely high expectations. And then right before the film came out, I kind of sat down and had like a meditation moment with myself and said, you know what? This is a Star Wars film. I don't need high expectations. They're going out of their way to give me something that I have loved since my childhood. I'm going to give this a chance. And, you know, and I tell this story all the time. Fifteen minutes into, into Rogue One, I leaned over to my wife and I said, this movie's terrible. <laughs> you know, I, I bumped her on the shoulder and I said, this movie is absolutely terrible. I want to get up and leave. And then 45 minutes later, I, I bumped her in the shoulder again and I said, I, I changed my mind. This movie is awesome. <laughs> you know, so with Rogue One, I think it, it's kind of along the same lines as The Force Awakens. Our expectations got put so high. Because so many fans love Rogue One that The Last Jedi was just doomed to fail no matter what. You know, it obviously didn't fail in the box office. Right. The majority of fans love the film, but to a lot of people it's still a failure. And that, that's disappointing for me. Well, I think it's a matter of where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And what is the response going to be? Like, was Han Solo affected by The Last Jedi? Absolutely. It had to be. I feel like there were people boycotting that movie for sure. And I'm, I'm sure there were. You know, I don't know if it's a large percentage yeah, enough like to damn what? it as well as it's done, or as badly as it's done. But uh, 
the one thing that I think that, that Solo suffered from is that there were so many negative reviews before the movie was even out. I mean, months before the movie's coming out, you're hearing people go, well, this movie's probably going to tank. Everybody at Disney's expecting Solo to do bad. and it's Self-fulfilling like, prophecy. It is self-fulfilling prophecy. You're telling them that it's going to be bad, so of course it's going to not do well. Like, you knew it. You said it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation for me. But I also remember the prequels when everyone said that Star Wars was dead then. And after the Phantom Menace and Jar Jar Binks, they were never going to see a Star Wars movie again. And then they still went to see Attack of the Clones, which was worse, arguably. Uh, it, yeah, no, like straight, straight up. And you know what's really sad? If you, I'm not one of the people that buy into what Rotten Tomatoes has on their website. Right. I'm, I'm not a Rotten Tomato guy. I don't care if it's fresh or rotten. I'm going to form my own opinion. You know, I say that on our show every week. Um, I went and saw the Phantom Menace like five times when I was a kid. You know, that was the first Star Wars film that I got to see in theaters. One, one word, pod Yay! racer. Yay! Yeah. But, uh, you know, I recognized immediately that Jar Jar was supposed to be that slapstick, you know, comedic relief character. And I was a little kid. I didn't care. You know, I was seeing lightsabers and starship battles, and we were going to, we were back in Tatooine, and we got to see Anakin, you know, we got to see his origin, and... You know, the midichlorian thing aside, I mean, everyone has a right to complain about that. For, I mean, you, you can go on either dude, hand with dude, it. Dude, all it was was the Dragon Ball Z power reader. Thank like, you. It, that's, like, I, again, going back to, like, I don't understand the complaint. I, under, well, I understand the complaint, but all's we, we needed a shorthand answer for why is Anakin special. Oh, he's got powers over a thousand or whatever. You know, whatever the Vegeta line is. It's, it's over nine thousand. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Sorry, I, I apologize for my lack of knowledge. That's on all memes. right. But uh, that's all that was. Like, and had it been structured that way, and it wasn't really brought back. Now, I, there's an understanding of like maybe it was going to come back in George's original concepts for seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's a story for another time. What I think is cool about the whole midichlorian thing is, um, so we have this. The old, the old Republic, pre-Empire, where the Jedi are prevalent. Everybody knows the Jedi, uh, and they they know things. The, the Jedi know all about the Force and midi chlorians. And then you move post Order sixty six, and the Jedi are just a myth. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, of course we didn't know about midi chlorians in the original. So it's like, I, I don't know. I think that's cool. It's they they sensibly backed themselves up. Yeah. And one thing you have to think is like prequels are really hard to do. You know the yeah. story's ending. I mean, the audience knows the story's ending before you get there because, well, obviously, mm-hmm. right? So that's one thing a lot of people were worried about, like, oh, is Rogue One going to do good and whatnot? And I always, every time someone said that, I was like, well, you know how it's going to end. I mean, there's only one way. We know that the people that get the plans for the Death Star don't ultimately survive it, so... I don't know what else they're going to tell, you know? I, one of the things that I loved about Rogue One is they didn't fairy tale it. You know, because that was their original plan that Jin and everybody else was going to survive. And, but then where'd they go? Right. You know, that, that scene on the beach uh, as the explosion is, is approaching them. Ooh, her and Cassian holding hands. Is, is so powerful because especially, you know, at the beginning of the film, they were so at odds. Like, I don't trust you no matter what, and, and I'm, a, I'm a scoundrel. You know, which is a callback to Han Solo. You know, the scoundrel always gets the girl, and it's like, God, this is powerful. 
question and it ended, for you. It ended the way that it was supposed to. Absolutely. But I have a question for you. You were talking about the possibility of like the Boba Fett movie and what you would do. What you almost described to me would be like Star Wars' take on the Suicide Squad movie, yes. but done right. Yes. I'd be into that. I mean... I'm the king of unpopular opinion, 99% <laughs> of the time. Um, I was one of the people that enjoyed Suicide Squad. I didn't look further into what it should have been. I just accepted it for what it was. Um, I like I liked their version of Killer Croc. I like to actually see Killer Croc do some shit. Croc was cool. You know, Croc was cool. Deadshot was awesome. Deadshot was, you know, it's Will Smith. Will Smith is always going to be fantastic no matter what. Margot um, Robbie as Harley Quinn was amazing, obviously. A little over top, over the top at times, but it's Harley Quinn. It, it's supposed to be that way. So obviously the the plot was very weak, and 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 the overarching villain was a little bit weak. But you know, for for my first big silver screen viewing of of something Suicide Squad, I accepted it for what it was, and I enjoyed it. You know, um, I would you put it perfectly. I would do it that way, but do it right. You know. The Emperor calls up all these different bounty hunters and, and says, I will pay you a million credits to go kill this Jedi. And then pits them all against each other, you know. I mean, and they all it would be a cool story to they tell. They have to work together to get mm-hmm. it done, and they still can't get it done. Yeah, it would be a cool story to tell. Okay, side note, jumping back to you, JTC. Do you want a Lando movie after Solo? Do we need a Lando movie with Childish Gambino? I mean, it was amazing, I thought. <laughs> I, I'm a Donald Glover fan, first of Me all. Me too. Um... Hashtag weirdo. His, his portrayal of Lando was almost too good. Yes, exactly. Like, my it thoughts. actually. Okay, so I, I, I. When I went and saw, I had to run and go see Solo, and I had to talk about it immediately after it. So I didn't have a chance to process it. And in the conversation, I was able to kind of like work it out logically in my head. And here's what I came to the conclusion of I did not have a problem with the actor who played Harrison Ford, or Alden, played, played Han Solo's. Alden Ehrenreich. Yes. Um, especially because he's not the Han Solo we know. He's evolving, he's not as sure of himself. He's still kind of cocky, but in like an almost immature way. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with his performance and his portrayal. The only thing was, we were surrounded, what hurt his performance in my gut reaction upon walking out of the theater was, that's not Harrison Ford and he's in a familiar setting, and my God, that is Lando Calrissian sitting beside him. And it almost shined a light on the fact that that was not the Han Solo I grew up with because Donald Glover knocked that out of the park. I would agree with that. Um, on the opposite hand, part of the reason I was impressed with Alden Ehrenreich, uh, you know, the, the six or eight months leading up to the film, we heard nothing but this guy can't act, He's Kathleen, got acting coaches. Kathleen Kennedy has brought the best a- acting coaches in the industry in, and they can't work with this guy because he's just terrible, and the casting was a mistake. And I, I'll be the first to admit, I got very down. I had very, very low expectations. And then right before I saw the film, I got to see the film uh, towards the tail end of Memorial Day weekend. And... I had read right before that that Ron Howard and him worked very well together, that all the reports that had come out that he was a terrible actor were false, that this guy takes direction very well, and he met with Harrison, and Harrison was 
okay with his performance. He accepted it. Gave him like the seal of approval. Gave him the seal of approval that, you know, he studied his mannerisms. And for the most part, I would say he got a good a good majority of, you know, his cadence and his facial expressions are a hard thing to copy because our faces aren't the same, you know? Right. If you make a face and I make a face, if we're trying to do the same face, it's obviously not going to be the same. Um, I was okay with his performance, you know? I... Right after I saw the film, I saw that he had signed on for a three-film deal as Han Solo. And I'm excited to see more if we ever get more, um, because I think he's, he, has, he has so much ceiling, he's going to do nothing but improve. And if he ultimately fails, then that's on him. So one of the things that I walked out of from Solo that dawned on me, and I think it might also be a problem that a lot of people have with the movie was we were given a perfect Han Solo several years before in Star-Lord. Oh, we've, we've talked about that for hours. Chris Pratt is the guy that you should have cast as Han because then you can also cast him as Indiana Jones and you've got Harrison Ford all over again. It's, it's so uncanny as a comic book dude. Like, James Gunn gets all the credit in my book. Like, James Gunn is one of the only people in Hollywood I have any interest in ever meeting, and I would Word. be like, can we sit down and have a cup of, co- like, cup of coffee so we can talk about Super and, um, you know, all the other crazy things. Shut up, crime! <laughs> yes. I, I love Super. That was oh, my God, it's so good. And he turned Star-Lord, who is a completely different character in the comic. Like, I'm usually a big arguer, and we're going to have this conversation in a second about one of my favorite characters in all of comics and what happened to him. He took a character that was version A and turned him into something completely different, but it worked. Absolutely. It, it was a it was a Han Solo. Though. It, was, it was a perfect Han Solo in Star, what they turned Star-Lord into. And I wonder if that had an impact on how people viewed the Solo movie, also on how that guy's performance was, that it's like, he's good. But he's not Chris Pratt. But he's not Chris Pratt, like, God, I love that guy, but also, like, I want to smack him across the face. Like, that was tough. You know, it's it's a hard act to follow. I I like the direction that you're taking that, because that is a viewpoint or uh, an angle that I haven't heard. You know, we've said, all of us have said a lot that they should have cast Chris Pratt, but I've never had someone say they should have cast Chris Pratt because he's already playing Han. You know, as Star Lord. Oh, and I apologize. I'm not trying to say they should have hired him because I, you start getting this weird cross contamination thing. I'm just saying that he did a perfect Han Solo without meaning to, without being Han okay. Solo, right. kind of a thing, you know. And like, no, I mean, he literally would have just played like Star Lord. They turned Star Lord into Han Solo. Yeah, okay. I get what you're saying now. You know, but actually with more pathos, to be quite frank. You know, right. James Gunn has that weird, he has that weird way of making a quirky, weird character. But yet he's completely sympathetic and like relatable. Uh, I don't know. I loved it. He's he's great. Well, when we were off stage, one thing you asked me, and we're gonna kind of you just talked about Star Lord, so I think we can kind of make that little bit of a shift here. We call that a segue. Beautiful segue. Hop on it and ride, uh, but don't fall over because it's embarrassing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wreck a Segway. Who falls off a Segway? People Come who on. are on the internet. Just go search Segway fails. Yeah. There's thousands upon thousands of videos. Uh, Only the strong You survive. had questions and <laughs> thoughts on Infinity War, arguably the biggest movie of 2018. Yeah, and actually, um, if you can give me one second here. Matt, 
Cameron. I need an audience for this one because I have questions that need answered. Oh, you need Matt Waite and Cameron Cotterman to <clears throat> come we, into we the audience. A, and anyone that wants to talk Infinity Wars, I have questions <laughs> to ask, and I need anyone that thinks they might be able to answer my question. We do here. have a microphone for the audience. What's your question? <laughs> okay. I have seen this online, but it has not become a widely... I have not seen an answer to it online, and this was my feeling. When I went in, okay, let me just start this all off by saying I have three favorite characters in Marvel, and sure. they're all kind of the same dude, like Magneto, Doctor Doom, and Thanos. Love them since I was a kid. And Darkhawk. <laughs> and Darkhawk, yes. He's super <laughs> rad, too. Um, I've been waiting 10 years for Thanos, or however, ever since Avengers 1, and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so right. Huge fan of Infinity Gauntlet, like... Divinity Crusade. All of them, yeah. Absolutely. I'm all about the Magnus and all that good stuff. And I've got a theory on how like Infinity War ties into what Doctor Strange did, but we'll get to that in another time. Sure. So excited for Thanos. Thanos works in the comic. I respect that there is an odd nature to what Thanos is, right? Like, he is this weird Shakespearean character. He is in love with death. Mm-hmm. He can't really show that in a movie other well, than with Hela. Instead. Well, or with... We introduced Hela, the goddess of death. Oh, yeah. Who could have been his love interest. I don't know. But that's, I'm, now I'm like Damn, fa- I actually like writing. that one. That's awesome. Could have also killed him if he went to Asgard to take the Tesseract. She could have killed him there because she's most powerful there. I'm, yes, we're, we're going on tangents As, here. So I, I'm sorry. I, these these, these are all things way. I've thought of, but I'm like, I don't want to get into it because it's like, well, what if blood Okay. I do that. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope, man. I know, how, I know how it is. But Thanos works in the comics, and I respect that you can't have, inf- you know, it would take a long time for Infinity and the concept of, like, the personification of death, yada, yada. Okay, get it. But Thanos was a bad James Bond villain in Infinity War. I liked Infinity War. I enjoyed the banter. The action got a little over the top, but the Infinity, the Avengers movies are touchdown dances. You're allowed to have just crazy spectacle because like that's the point that's of it. what it is right like yeah we get we get like the solid awesome character development and all the other stuff in the the solo movies and then it was callback um <laughs> and then uh the avengers movies it's just like it's big it's glorious and dumb but awesome and we love it and that's how i felt about avengers 3 thanos is a bad james bond villain who is just like overpopulation okay hey bro like, and it works with any MacGuffin, right? If for 10 years they had been pro- planning us that Thanos is out to get the ultimate nullifier. And when he gets the ultimate nullifier, ex- everything about that movie, nothing changes except for his goal. The MacGuffin is the ultimate nullifier, and he's going to kill off half the galaxy and the world. The, the galaxy is a better place. All that pathos. Thanos is, a, is as the protagonist of the film. Thumbs up. Super rad. It's the Infinity Gauntlet. We have been told in the cinematic universe, you get this thing, you are God. Double the natural resources and the amount of space in the galaxy. Duh. Make people they don't have to eat anymore. Make people that... Like, that MacGuffin defeated the concept of what Thanos was, or it made him stupid. Thanos should be smarter than me. He was selfish. 
and, and selfish and foolish because he could ultimately, like you said, double resources, make it to where all you have to eat is like one sensei bean and you're, you're good for like a month. Or you like just don't month. have to eat at all. Or you don't have to eat right. at all or something, right? And instead he took the, um, the selfish way out and like, well, the only way is to, is to decrease population. The only way is... is but, okay, by that logic... He's a terrible protagonist. Oh, yeah. He's horrible. He's the worst. No, no. Not a... I'm not saying he's the hero. I'm saying he's a protagonist. Gotcha. And by the structure of the way a narrative traditionally works, and maybe they're trying something new. I don't know. He's now a stupid protagonist. Okay. Well, didn't again, he say there was a finite amount of resources in the universe? Didn't he state that? Yeah. He, he does say that. If unchecked, life will... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what the line is. I think it's something basically to that effect. Yeah. All right, so this is this, this was my take on it. All right, so let's just take us as humans, or even think of like Avatar. They are causing wars for this resource. So if he doubles the resources, now you're going to have people fighting over those double resources. Then so, double it again, <laughs> and double it again. Be fight, they're going to be fighting. It's over an it. infinity gauntlet. Yeah. I completely understand, but that, that was my mindset going and hearing about that. So, well, If you if double you, the resources, you're going to double the people. Because as, as resources grow, people grow. We okay, multiply. then double it again, or make it infinite. Or, like, the MacGuffin becomes the problem. Well, because you have the ability to make anything the solution. Well, congr- right. you know, here you go, here you go. He cut the population in half, so now the resources technically doubled. Okay, and guess what? Just the same argument that says, well, if he doubles it, then the population will eventually double, and he's going to have to do it all over again in 100 years. Let him do it. Cowabunga. If he cuts the population in half, okay, there's double the resources. People still going to make babies. Like, they're going to run into the same problem eventually. Like, none of it. Maybe we don't know, and he did the whole um, Dante thing from... um he did the snip snip on everybody. Pretty much. He snapped his finger and everyone got snipped. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> Here just... comes the snip snap. <laughs> snipped by snapping. That's terrifying. Snip snap tube tie. <laughs> Round the world. <laughs> it didn't. Maybe they were trying to do. Maybe they were trying to incorporate the audience that didn't know the comics. When you, up I too, guess again, you, know? you don't need to know the comics though to logically. Follow the like. I haven't even said what the comics do. We it also, still doesn't solve the problem we, of what Thanos his goal is. We also got to realize that there's still another one coming. Yes, and I'm. That's why. So like, maybe they explain it more into the next one. Like he, he when he picked up Gamora, there was just chaos going behind him. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we see these people suffering. We're going to wipe out half of them. That was his logic behind it. It's like, okay, instead of doubling the resources, we're going to kill the population because people were suffering. That was, and he was, he was dead set on that. Well, had, you, you could say, too, that that's the route that he went. That was the only justification that he had because he proposed that to his people on Titan when resources became limited that if we continue to multiply that we're just going to doom ourselves and nobody listened to him so and he got cons- he got consumed by that idea because that was the you know when they were having their brain trust and brainstorming that was the idea that he pitched to everybody and everybody's like ah that's a dumb idea it's, it's kind of like um, um superman's daddy you know yeah 
it's Thanos is like that, but now he's got the power to actually do something by, about by, it. By the logic you guys are talking about, you're saying that Thanos is chaotic evil. Okay, let's use some D&D nerdage here. Yeah. yeah. The but everything that they've established in the movie and shown is that he is lawful evil. If I not, agree with that. like, like yep, he's, he's right. shown to be cold and calculating and thought out. And he's also, again, in, in a well-crafted manner, he is the hero of his own story. Okay? But he's dumb. <laughs> he, he acts like an idiot. His plan is foolish. And again, now I will introduce now at this point the I know the comic books and therefore I will like... In the comics, you, okay, you have to come up with a justification for how can someone think they're the hero and kill half the people in the universe. And in the comics, it works because Thanos is a Shakespearean character. He's doing it for love, dude. Ralph yep. Macchio like, did the crane kick for love. Yeah. Right? Thanos is just killing half the population in the universe. Like, that is how he justifies his actions, and it works. So ultimately, well, he, hasn't, he hasn't actually justified it yet in the movie. True, and actually he is remorseful once Gamora asks him, you know, did you do it? Did you succeed? And he says, yes. And she says, what did it cost you? Everything. Everything. Yeah. And that's, he's realizing then, that maybe he did make the mistake. He, he, yeah. he was the tragic hero. No, he was a tragic hero all along. Like, in his own mind, he was the tragic hero. And I, I respect that. So and I, I'm just and saying, it was well executed yeah. in that capacity. Let's, you know, we can't really say what's going on until the next one comes out. Then hopefully all the, I mean... You know, ten years of buildup and that like infinite true. Was no, no, great. So I'm I'm ready for the payoff. And that, that's why like this isn't me coming up here on a rant, yeah. being like that movie was terrible. Yeah. And grr, grr, grr. You're trying to understand it, but I'm, I'm like this is a legitimate question I have of, and 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 I hope they do give a response. But again, the, because of the MacGuffin, again, if it was an ultimate nullifier, and overpopulation was a concern, makes perfect sense. Everything, I I, I would not have an issue with this. But it is the Infinity Gauntlet that gives him. Oh, by the way, and I, I don't know if they really established this in the com, in the movie in the in the comics. You know, it gives him like omnipotence as well, so he would technically be able to think of that. In the movie, it's more of like a weapon grade gauntlet, if you will. But it still it's just gives power. Him, yeah, that's it, all it is. One thing I think they totally missed the buck on is not explaining that each stone can enhance another stone in the chain, and that's why it becomes an infin, the Infinity Gauntlet because like. The mind stone helps you channel the soul stone better, and the soul stone helps you channel the space stone better, and so on and so forth, creating this chain. That's one thing they missed. I think it was cool that they tried to introduce the Black Order, like the children of Thanos. I thought that was a cool thing, but they were really fast cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Just like right. boom, 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 yeah. boom, done. You don't know where they came from, and they, they're gone. And well, and that was going back that to was Snoke. One of your biggest complaints of the film was the Black Order. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I don't remember Thank that you. being a word. Uh, what well, was was that? My one of my yes. <laughs> that was one of your only complaints of the film because Did we we've we've talked about this in detail. The cannon fodder and the lack of backstory. Because I think one thing Dick said is that you don't even really get the names of all of the Black Order. Like, right. Yeah, you, you get don't. Ebony Maw. You don't really get Proxima Midnight. You definitely don't get Cole Obsidian. They never mention him. And Corvus Glaive, maybe they that's, say Glaive That's once. the only other one, yeah. Um, Which are the coolest didn't names they, ever. Didn't yeah. they like, mention it in yeah. Guardians or something along those lines with um, uh, the dude in the cloak and the nine fingers? Oh, the other. Yeah. Yes. He, he said, I can't remember what the line is, but yeah, you were absolutely correct. Yeah. So they kind of teased it, but they, again... Do we really need to... Do we need to know that? No, I, yeah. I, I thought the Black Order... 
that's what the comics are for, right? Like as far as like. Well, not even the comics. Just like, hey, I'm 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 the dude, and here's my here's my homies behind me. Let's go wreck some stuff. They were sub bosses. They were yeah. they were they were yeah. the Mega Men. Yeah, there's the, uh, Bobos in Double Cut Dragon. Man. Yeah, there you go. Like so, I was I was I was cool with them. Like I said, I I respect how they were established. What happened with them? Again, I loved Thanos. I, I it, his depiction in the movie was like awesome and like the fact that he was the protagonist of that film was a really cool like I never thought I'd get a Thanos movie and I did and I was happy I think it's definitely him and Thor's film you know he is definitely the one up front but Thor also has a great character arc in that in this movie well for, I mean yeah if you look at the, just the again a narrative hero's arc it's like here's Thanos oh man is he actually gonna achieve his goal oh he overcame the odds and now Thanos wins and everyone's you know he achieved, he achieved his mission it was just a really dumb mission. I don't. I don't disagree with you. The, <laughs> Something the, the, has to happen in the next one, and if they don't, and it, if it will happen. If it doesn't happen, I am going to be me personally as a fan will be thoroughly upset. If Drax doesn't eat an infinite stone, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. Well, Drax needs some power. I mean, that that's that's the if character. He does, He's it, one of the only people that's ever powerful enough to challenge Thanos. Right. And he's just kind of a dude. I'm just, I'm he's just, just Batista I'm right now. He Isn't he dead too? <laughs> yeah, See, and now he's dust. Yeah. Thank in you. the same token, to, to hoping that Drax eats one of the Infinity Stones, I really want to see Nebula with the Infinity Gauntlet, yes. very much like the comics, and steal it away from Thanos, and that be the result. They've established that as like a viable option exactly. to how this is solved. You know, it would be a good arc for her to achieve. Because then the she's getting she's getting revenge for the death of Gamora and everything that Thanos has put her through yeah. and all the torture and everything. Um, but then again, she also has a little bit of an evil side to her, so she's not going to have it for long. Hopefully we get Adam Warlock. There are a lot of different things that can come to light there. Obviously, Captain Marvel will be debuting in yes. that movie. Or not debuting. I, I but think they established already that Adam Warlock is not showing up. till after GOTG3. Yeah. Well, that was one of the next questions that I was going to ask. Do you think that we'll actually get to see uh, Adam in some capacity, even if it's just a small cameo? Maybe because you know, that's all we've got so stone. far. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, that'd be cool if he was in the Soul World just as a cameo mm-hmm. and like. See, um, since they they can actually fit it in now with the whole Fox deal, I'm I'm my one thing I'm really hoping that they do like an after credits filming of it is that the Fantastic Four show up. <sighs> like where have cool. you guys like they, they were erased from all existence. They come out with from like the uh what's what's the, the negative zone? The negative zone yes. saying, Hey, um there's a bigger threat coming now, guys. And his name is Galactus. Good yeah, luck. Well, and that, that's one of the things. Like after Thanos, where like do you go it. next? Uh, you could do Eternity. You could do Annihilation. Annihilation. The Kree Scroll. Uh, honestly, right. the Living Tribunal would be awesome as a as a big bad. He wouldn't be the greatest. Go- big bad. Galactus is viable, but I mean the best Marvel villain, Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. I th- right. I, you could establish Doom as a Gala- uh, Thanos level threat if done right. Um, he doesn't need to be made of metal. He doesn't need superpowers. He also doesn't need to be on a different planet for the majority of the movie, and then the Fantastic Four try to save them, and he becomes <laughs> well, they evil. Can, they can do Doom and then still have that threat of yes, Galactus absolutely. is coming and mm. do something with Doom in the meantime. Yeah, well, I, th- I just think I think Doom is a powerful enough of a character to be presented as the next. We're going to build to a fight like... You could even have Doom lose to the Fantastic Four, and the brilliance of Doctor Doom is that you could build to him still being 
stronger than the Fantastic Four. And Eventually the overcoming threat. them. Absolutely. Yeah, in, in like through sorcery or technology or whatever. I mean, that's that's a br- Doom can do any. He fought God. You know, like right. he got his butt kicked, but in in Secret Invasion, which or Secret oh, Wars. Please bring the Disco Biscuit Beyonder into. Oh this. my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> the Beyonder, what a weird character from Secret Wars. You guys probably haven't read the '84 Secret Wars. No, I've read Secret Wars. You have wars, read yeah. Secret Wars? Okay, you, Dick's you know, like, no, I, yeah, I I don't read. Do comics. you think? <laughs> and I, I like the way that you've you've kind of painted Thanos that he's he's just a dumb James Bond villain. Um, do you think that anyone would? Could have done as good a job as Josh Brolin did with Thanos. I don't. My personal opinion. I don't think anybody could have nailed it. Again, I, I thought it was awesome. I mean, like I said, I my, my issues it was. I, again, I'm trying not to structure because it it's like I didn't even have a problem with the writing of this. I, I thought no, he was I, written I, and art, it acted in every like Th- Brolin was brilliant as Thanos. I'm just saying. Do you think anyone could have? Could have been better than Brolin because I don't think anyone could. Essentially, think, fantasy casting. If you could fantasy oh, cast, I think is Brolin was the guy. Without, without question, Nick Cage. Ooh, Nick Cage would be a <laughs> weird right, I'm, Thanos. I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, We're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Nick Cage could actually get you know the Hulk to back into a corner and just not want to come out of his room for like right. a week. Just Have you not seen the Wicker Man? He could back anybody <laughs> oh into a corner. Oh my God, you brought that. <laughs> he movie just spits up. out bees. <laughs> Out of his mouth, and it's over. Not the bees, not the bees. Hey, oh, sure, go for it, man. JTC's going to uh, pull a mic on us. That's all right. Deal. We're going to carry it for a few more minutes here until he comes back. Uh, do you guys have any f- audience questions for us before we get back into this about Infinity War or anything comic Marvel related or DC image? Doesn't matter. We could pretty much talk about it all. Anybody you can even ask me personal questions, or you could ask him a very overly personal question. No one likes you, Blaine. Ooh. So, I'm glad that 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 you guys brought up the Kree scroll thing because that is something that's been cons- that has been confirmed for Captain Marvel. Hundred percent, they're doing Kree scroll yep. war. We are going to get the return of Ronan the Accuser. Yep. And uh, oh God, I forget his name. Starts with a K. Corvath. The guy from uh, the start of Guardians who asks Star Lord. Oh, the, the the cyborg guy. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. He's he's making a return in this as well. So yep. they're a part of that story. That's going to be fantastic. That also begs to question if if Scroll exists, who in our MCU is not actually a human and is actually a replica, secret invasion style. Hundred percent. I actually fully agree with that. Cap. You think so? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I actually think that when he went into the ice is the switch. Ah. That, it's that, all about if timing. You, if you were going to do Cap, I think that would be the only way that you could pull it off. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one because Black Widow would be an easy one to do. because She makes sense, though. She's a, she's a supporting character that doesn't really matter. And, and up until Infinity War, I had the theory that you know we, we barely saw the Hulk in that you know, in the trailer cut that we got when um, all the all of Thanos' children are, are uh, piling on top of the Hulkbuster that Black Widow's going to die and that's when the Hulk's going to come out and shit's going to get serious. We didn't get that. Um, but I think ultimately Black Widow's death is the only thing that would really matter to my, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. My, my thing with it being Cap is just because of the contract is that, you know... Um, 
he doesn't want to play captain anymore. Yeah, there's then, a, well, there's a lot of that cast that are you know their contracts are getting ready to expire yeah, and they're ready so to be done anyway. We're gonna look at you know let's do the real cap come in and that's gonna be Jim from the office. John Krasinski. Yeah. See, I we want know John there was Krasinski a third person that to was be, supposed to be yeah, cap. Exactly. So let sign him it was on Jensen for nine Ackles. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That, from that, Supernatural. And he actually kind of looks like him, and he's still young enough that he could do a ten-year contract. Jensen, Jensen Ackles was the original casting, and then he turned Captain America down so he could do Supernatural full time. And now Supernatural's ending. Maybe. I it's mean, gonna. Uh, they're gonna. They're they, gonna. They, they're well, gonna blow the that up ended, for twenty seasons. See, I think Supernatural John, really ended in season five. But thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think John Krasinski should play Mister Fantastic. That's Ooh, my fantasy. Cast. I like it. That's a that's Hands a good down. casting. Like for make Mr. Emily Fantastic. Blunt Invisible Woman. Like Susan. Storm. But they have such good on-screen chemistry. Easy. Anyway, I mean, it's easy. It sells itself. I don't know who you get for human uh, torture thing. Uh, Tom Hardy for thing? No, no, no. I would do Tom Hardy for Human Torch myself. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But who do you get bigger than Tom Hardy to play thing? Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold is not bigger than Tom I'm Hardy. Kidding. I'm kidding. Bork Lenzar? <laughs> Bing Bork Lenzar? Bork Laser? Yes, Bork Laser. Um, <laughs> the, 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 thing, the thing is such a terrible casting, or just a terrible character for me. To cast because number one, I am not a fan of the Fantastic Four. Boo. Uh, I'm sorry. Boo. It's, it's just weak characters, and oh, boo. the thing Twice. will never be better than Hulk. Tell me why the thing is better than Hulk. If you can, if you can justify that, I will change my mind. Charisma, charm, power, pain. Actually, pain is the yeah, thing. Yeah, he's that drives like he's got him. a great pathos, man. Like he is consumed by the fact that he's stuck like that. Do you know what Banner has that that thing doesn't have? Reprieve from the monster. Thing is always the monster. He's stuck as the monster. He has no option. I'm all about power, man. Nobody's stronger than the Hulk. Touche. I mean, Thanos whooped his ass. Hulk he did, didn't he get did mad some, enough. He, he did some close-quarters <laughs> boxing. If you're going to tie the comics and the MCU together, all Hulk has to do to get stronger is get more mad. And you, you want to make Hulk more mad, you kill Black Widow in front of him. And you then, really just want to see her dead, don't you? That's what this comes <laughs> down to. You no, said it like I'm all for that. So the Hulk is my favorite character in Marvel. Fair enough. Hulk, Hulk yeah. is my guy. And there are so many different stories that you can tell with the Hulk. And I love Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. I, I think that moving on from Ed Norton, that they, that they, they nailed it with Mark Ruffalo. And if you're going to do – if you're going to get fan buy-in to – uh, tell more stories with that character, you have to make him more interesting. Mark Ruffalo is doing a good job of that. The writers are doing a, a, a good job of that for the most part. But the Hulk just got his ass kicked by Thanos with one Infinity Stone. He used close quarters boxing. I don't even think the stone was activated. That's the thing that people don't think. The purple would be glowing if he was right. utilizing the power stone. But that's what He's I'm saying. He's just boxing like, the shit he, out of the He just Hulk. got yeah. his ass kicked without, you know, <laughs> not using an infinity stone. So the Hulk, up until this point, has been kind of the end-all, be-all. If you've got a, a big dude that needs taken down, like, step up, green man, let's take this out. And he got the shit kicked out of him yeah. and then hid for the rest of the movie, you know, yeah. because his pride was hurt. So we need that character to do more. How do you do that? Well, you kill Black Widow in front of him because she is the only person that really means anything to him other than Tony. Tony's the only other one that means anything. Yeah. 
That's going to be his Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 moment. Oh my God, that was perfectly worth it. You're welcome. I love that you brought that back to wrestling. That was amazing. We're beer bros, dude. Come on. Call back again. Yay. Did I tell you guys the. Did I already say the thing about Stormbreaker? Did I bring that up already? You brought it up. The fact that it's not being wielded by Beta Ray Bill and there should be like a crime against humanity because of that. Yeah, but think about who's the handle? Who's going to bring up Beta Ray Bill and now I'm happy? Groot. Okay, well, who disappeared? Oh, snap. He didn't disappear. He's in that handle, bro. But. Wow. Did. That's important. But his. I don't. That that's Thor's I, holding it at the end of the movie, bro. I, I it's like in his hands. The, By that like logic, idea, is all the poop that people have I don't know, excreted? Weird. Did that disappear then too? Man, we're getting down a rabbit hole with this. That bro. is a that is the, a the rabbit hole. I don't want to go. I really like that theory, more than a but rabbit hole. The problem hole. that I have with it is because uh, they've confirmed that everybody's in the Soul Stone now. That's confirmed. Um, Groot's in the Soul Stone then. Well, at least, yeah, obviously, be. which is cool because then you have the majority of the Guardians who are trapped in the Soul Stone mm-hmm. trying to get back to Rocket, the only Guardian that served, well, Nebula as well, I guess. Right. Uh, there's a lot of things they well, can do. Well, and then, um, oh, yeah. Craglin. Cra- we don't know oh, where Craglin's yeah. Craglin just dipped. He's not anywhere. That's you know, we, we Sean get, Gunn, James Gunn's brother. Oh, we right, get right. the thing Yondu's, at the end when uh, he's wearing uh, fin. Yondu's fin and, you know, but if, if Groot's in the Soul Stone, then that's just a piece of wood, you know. It's the way that I look okay. at it. I like your theory, okay. but if you're in the Soul Stone, that's where your soul's at. My theory just goes back to that first Guardians movie, Groot explodes. There's a, a tiny fragment of him we are left. Groot. We can replant that. It's science. So would the handle do the same thing then since it's his arm? I think it's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. Because yeah. um, I kind of figured when everybody just kind of went and, you know, ended up blowing in the wind, I had a feeling they weren't necessarily dead but somewhere else. Soulstone does confirm it. Yeah, it makes the, it definitely makes the most sense. And then it, and then with what I hope happens and future tripping, it's probably already happened for uh, people listening. Ant Man and the Wasp is going to introduce the quantum realm, mm-hmm. and the quantum realm can literally fast track you into the Soulstone because it breaks all the rules of logic and science and it's physics and everything. Plane. So if you can get that tiny and travel interdimensionally. You, Technically speaking, they could find the Soul Stone. That would be a cool tie-in. I don't know that that's the way to do it with Ant-Man, but maybe. They, they've, again, going back to the whole Thanos thing, they've, they've earned my faith in what they're willing to do and what I'm willing to go with and the ride I'm willing to take because they've been so successful on every other thing. Even, Absolutely. again, the things, they've, the things that my gut head reaction is like, that's stupid or that's not going to work. It's worked. And I've, I've, I've accepted it because they answer the questions the right way. So we'll see. I'm excited for Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, even that, like, right? Like, I'm a huge Janet fan, but we're not getting Janet. We're getting hope. But, I'm, but it's not the hope. Like, but it's awesome. And I'm cool with it. And Michelle Pfeiffer is going to be Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, come it's pretty on, rad. Dreams come true. Another Batman villain to the MCU changed Snap. over. Just like uh, Mr. Keaton becoming the vulture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Dick, did you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? I know we're running past the doors closing in this building. Once again, it's a, it's a theme today. I'm just listening, man, <laughs> and chiming in whenever I can. Enjoying your heritage on I'm stage. I'm just enjoying. Heck, yeah. JTC, did you have any final thoughts? Even on Blaine, did you have anything you wanted to say to him? I was just really hoping you were going to say chime in where I American. 
Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. I believe I have to drop my mic now. Okay, please do it. I mean, don't actually. They're expensive. <laughs> no, um, things are good, man. Like I said, it's it's been fun. Uh, I might have kind of a big announcement coming up in the next couple weeks, so stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, if you just Google John Tyler Christopher, all my pertinent you, information pops up. You're pretty much the only one. Well, did I ever tell you why I, did, I use that name? No. I'm not pretentious. Okay, like, well, no. But my my three-name thing is not... You have three first names. Is yeah. there a John Christopher? <laughs> yes, there like is. a bad person? Well, actually, I think he might have been revealed as a bad person, but no, uh, Johnny Depp's middle name is Christopher. Oh. So I realized I can't compete with Johnny Depp, because if you type in John Christopher, it's just pictures of Jack Sparrow. There was only a president named John Tyler, and I can kick his ass all day long. because he, he didn't have the He was only the leader of the free world, right? Who gives a crap? So, um, so that's why I have three names. So John Tyler Christopher, look me up on social media. Say hi, you know. Excellent. Tyler, did you have any final thoughts before we close out this one? Oh, God, I thought we were going to go for like five hours. Well, maybe, but I, I'm sure that people want to go to the after party that's happening at right. North End Pub. Uh, at some point, I, I do. I do have a, a question for all of us. Um, you know, we're we're at such a, a unique time in the MCU. They can tell any story. Um, they can bring in any villain they want, and they can make them great. I think. I think Disney and Marvel together have that ability. If you were going to add one actor and character to the MCU, who would it be? Oh. <laughs> Beta Played Ray by Bill. who? Me. Yes. Okay. I'll be Beta Ray Bill. That'd be cool. It'd be mostly CGI work. Exactly. You got dots yeah. on your face. Yeah, just add deal. a horse head. I mean, you're right. I'm jacked. I'm diesel. Yeah. You know? Um, no, honestly, like, I, I think having, bringing in a newer character would be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm a huge Kamala Khan fan. I'd love to see. Miss Marvel. Yes. A Miss Marvel, especially with the release of Captain Marvel. I think there's an interesting way you can tie that in. I'm going to be frank with you. Like, I don't know actors. Like, it's That's just, fair. It's not my wheelhouse, so I don't want to say somebody and then get a million responses of, like, so-and-so would be better. Like, just, I want to see Kamala Khan. I want to see her uh, come in. In the same vein as what you're saying with a newer character, I would love to see a live-action Miles Morales. Now, Ooh. a long time ago, I would yes. have said, played by Donald Glover. But he is like essentially the prowler now in the MCU with right. his with his now being the uncle of a guy who lives in Bronx, which is Miles' uncle. So now that he can't be that, I'm not really sure who I would have play. Do you, do you are you guys familiar with Bob Chipman movie Bob? Yeah. Online, Bob Chipman had an absolutely brilliant concept, which was Homecoming should have literally starred Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker as a teacher. <laughs> who's basically given up being Spider-Man oh. and introduce one of his students being a young Miles Morales, and then he takes over the... Damn, that's a brilliant That's a really pitch. smart idea. I like it. Into the spider Oh, is it? Okay. Sweet. Bring it on, man. Right. Like, I'm... Can I, can I see could, Spider Gwen and all kinds of stuff and into the Spider Verse? Can, can I suggest and, a character that should, they should introduce? Yes, please. All right, all right. John Cena as... <laughs> NFL Super Pro. <laughs> right there's right there's who I would cast as the thing, John Cena. Okay, I could see you know, that. How? I, no, I can't you can't see, see it. You can't oh. see it. I have hate for that character. I have hate for that character, but I play you know. The human Torch. Oh, oh see, look, yeah. Who 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 you got, Blaine? Uh, 
since we're going, we we've brought Spider-Man over. Let's get Carnage. Ooh, Ooh who would yeah. play him though? Uh, I had to actually look up a, a TV show to get the actor's name. <laughs> we do this um, every time we talk about Carnage. Yeah, I, I always forget the guy's name. Walton Goggins. Oh, from Justified? Yes. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I looked great. up Vice Principals, but... <laughs> oh, is he the dude alongside of... Um, he's Danny McBride. The guy that's next to Danny McBride. He's that also the amazing. convict in the movie Predators. And the movie Predators is why... That, that's what gave me the idea for him being Carnage. Nice. Awesome. Perfect Cletus Cassidy. So yes. I'm guessing you aren't really hip on Woody Harrelson being Cletus Cassidy, which I is am not confirmed. I, do I can see it. <laughs> of course you can see it. I can see it. I want to see it happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I thought he was going to go, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> if I can't come all con, can I change my answer? What? To Adam X. Okay. The extreme. Ooh. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. I, I, I knew you were kidding because you drew Kamala Khan like... She was one of your Kamala. awesome covers that you did. I do like his hat is backwards in Adam X. He can burn your blood if he oxidizes it. Ooh. Uh, they just reintroduced a Flash villain in their Flash comic I just read that had blood powers. You don't get that often. It's extreme. It is extreme. Yeah. It is definitely extreme. There's no E in that extreme. <laughs> Mine would be Nova. Good call. Yeah. And Dude, I, it's I, already going to happen because they they didn't show us where the power stone. What happened to it? I don't know who I would cast as Nova though. That that's the one. Michael you know, Sarah. I, I almost ah God R no. Writer or Sam. Either one. Okay. I I would be happy with either one. Um, Richard Ryder personally. You know, I almost said uh, I almost said Jake Gyllenhaal, but I I have no. a I have Mysterio. a pro I have a right. I have a, well now. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to get Mysterio now that we we're possibly getting Morbius. No, Did Morbius you see is its own movie though. I Jared Leto. I, right, but I thought I thought this movie was when we were going to get Mysterio and then anyway, right. I don't know who I would cast as uh Nova, but either one I would be happy with. Obnoxo the clown, Danny DeVito. <laughs> You're done. Ooh, I like those both. <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the thing with Nova is they kind of opened the door. We don't know what happened with the Power Stone, how Thanos retrieved it, as the history of comics shows us that there has to be the destruction of Xandar. Roman Day has to go to Earth to give Richard Rider the power of the Nova to become Nova. But that would be, that would, I mean, that, you already have your origin story there. You don't have to do any work. No, and John C. Riley's already in the universe as a known guy that can pass that down. I know it's weird because it's John C. Riley, but <laughs> still, I still. mean, you know, Marvel's all about adding uh, comedy whenever they could, so bam, right there, there you go. Make Absolutely. it a little bit fun. Absolutely. And then hit you in the emotions Are really you, hard. Uh, are you guys doing podcast tomorrow too? Oh yeah, we're paneling tomorrow right. with you, sir. Uh, uh, can I make a suggestion then? Sure. John, how do you feel about uh, talking a little wrestling tomorrow? <laughs> I'm always Ooh, down for some wrestling boy. talk. Oh, that could be that could be epic. Oh, it's going I to... just saw your new Japan. Oh my god, that's amazing! Bullet Club for life. Just saying. Uh, do I have to wear pants? Trunks. No. Okay. You just right, have who's, to. Just, who's just taking trunks. a chop tomorrow? By the way, who's taking the chop? I can take a chop. I don't mind. Oh, I'll take man. a chop. I've taken chops my whole life. <laughs> I actually Dude, think Dick you, would be a great candidate for the chop taking. You are a character right now. Ah. Merka. Merka Bill. Ah. You, you can just chime in every once in a while with a, oh. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this panel with us. John, welcome back, and thank you again for doing the show. Thank you for having me. It's a great blast to have you. You're fun, and you can riff about everything, and probably going to do this again tomorrow for a little bit. So it should be a blast. 
Tyler and Dick, thank you again for joining us. Thanks to LafiCon 2018, day one. I think we are officially wrapping this up. I just want to thank thanks to John for uh, tolerating my uh, incoherent ramblings half the time <laughs> and my unpopular opinions. I have reasons why I have these unpopular opinions. I, I like to be the different guy. The thing's still a terrible character. But you know you're Star Wars, man, and that's the thing, man. I try to. You definitely are very knowledgeable. So, All right, folks. Well, I'm Nate for JIC and LaFiCon 2018, and that's a wrap. We're Podcastrophe. We are a podcast, Rafi. I hate you. <laughs>